This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. $1,000. It's not about price, it's about craftsmanship and quality and detail and individuality. So don't compromise. Get her a world class ring she will be proud to wear. Genesis Diamonds on Poplar at Perkins Extended. <coughs> When your cold keeps you up, you need NyQuil Severe Honey. Powerful relief with a dreamy honey taste. NyQuil Severe with honey flavor. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever. Honeylicious, best sleep with a cold medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Navian tankless water heaters, the proven leader in condensing technology. Request a Navian because you deserve the best in endless hot water delivery. Learn about Navian's condensing tankless water heaters and find a Navian contractor at tanklessmadesimple.com. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller is producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Kershaw Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter on X at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Well, Jeffrey, hump day of a slow week. I, uh, it, I really don't think we've given enough credit, or I should say enough scrutiny, to how February is like really not a great sports month overall. What are you talking about? I've always said if I'm going to rehab, it's during February. It's during February. <laughs> That's the month. I feel like we, we always emphasize the best months, and we haven't enough. Like, February's for, horrible. For whatever reason, it caught me by surprise. It's, like, it's not... Well, now that they've moved the Super Bowl into February, you at least have the Super Bowl at the beginning. But post-Super Bowl, that three, you know, this, this, we're in the midst of the desert right now, it feels like at times. Oh, yeah. That's the reason we were screaming and, about. And the mirages are like a Max Struess, you know, buzzer beater and, a, you know, a, 
Reed, Reed Shepherd, Shepherd. Uh, leaner in the lane. Like the, that's like it's like it, it looks like little puddles of water amongst the desert. It's a, it, it's salvation to get you through to when you get to March Madness. No, it's a kid being carried off by the cops at Texas Tech while also simultaneously starting an FUT chant mm-hmm. that caught on. That was the best part. It wasn't that he that the kid was chanting. It was the fact that everybody caught on. Yeah. Like was, Everyone that, was one with the cause. This is an all-time video. Um, so uh, This was one of the best internet videos I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> like, for as disappointing as the watch Bobby Hurley go at a fan from the Creighton Dan game Hurley. was. Dan, Dan Hurley. Dan Hurley. Dan Hurley. Yeah. Apologies, Dan. As disappointing and what a letdown that video was, yeah. this one was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> it was like... Watch. We kept getting new angles. It was like watch the fight that preceded it. It just kept getting better and better. It was an awesome video. Did Texas win the game? Oh yeah, yeah. Smoked them. (laughs) So there you go. By the way, where's all the discourse about throwing stuff onto the court? (laughs) Where's that discourse? No, oh, it didn't happen to Duke. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, I can't wait for the next whatever the next court storm is. What's going to happen? Like what's going to like whoever it is, whether it's like I don't know. Oh, oh. I hope everybody's sitting down for this. If you're if you're driving, please pull over to a safe spot because this is going to blow your mind. Kyle Filipowski is going to play tonight. Mm, he's healthy. Turns out, turns out he was. <laughs> like tonight, I don't know if we have any court storm possibilities tonight. Um, there's no ranked. Team I mean, I I I, I would say on the o- road, Ole Miss, Alabama. They yeah. beat Alabama. Maybe Arizona. Oh, here here's one. Arizona State's home against Arizona tonight. You gotta have fans in there to storm the court. <laughs> um, well, but for a rivalry game, maybe they'll maybe. have some fans. Um, that, so that's your maybe. Those are probably your two best bets tonight. Oh, maybe in down in Oxford. I I feel like beating number fourteen Alabama is not worthy of a court storm. For them, it's kind of all like the moment they're 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 backsliding right now pretty badly. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, uh, there's this. I would actually say. I think the hardest part of that, I don't think Ole Miss is going to win. That's yeah. that's my big deal. Yeah. But I would say that's a bigger possibility than but, Arizona State, Arizona. Well, yeah, so Ole Miss has a better chance of winning that game. No, but ASU I'm talking about winning. just in terms okay. of, like, I think. Well, you don't think Arizona State beat number six Arizona? I've been seeing, like, there's seven people at those games right now. <laughs> like, remember the, the, what do they call the, the free throw, the tunnel of doom or whatever? What know. do they call it? I, I didn't even know they had, like, a the, you know, they, memorable, they, yeah, ASU you know, that, had a memorable that, arena. That's, well, it's the student sections, like, right behind the goal, and that's, they dropped the curtain. Okay. They dropped the curtain right behind the free throw. I'm not, I'm not familiar with their, uh. Their work over at the ASU student section. Remember, it's like it's like the something of chaos or something like that. Okay, it's like you know. Then you'll get like a you know guy that's like in a the Borat thong. Like you get like that kind of stuff. Interesting. Um, yeah, let's see here. Curtain of distraction. There it is. Curtain, the curtain is, yeah. of distraction is what it's called. Um, and I believe, yeah, curtain of distraction. I've never even. I, I, for some reason, I'm not aware of that. I haven't watched enough Pac-12 lately. Yeah, they've been doing this for for a long time. They've been doing this for a while. Interesting. Well, uh, I'll have to I have to bone up. I have to do some research after the show. But it's it's Wednesday. We're gonna play some buy sell sure. Go to Reddit to start things off. We'll talk Tiger basketball. We'll talk NBA. We'll talk NFL slash NFL draft slash NFL scouting combine because that is you know the NFL. They saw. They know it's the doldrums. <laughs> that's well, that's why it. they've tried to make this a thing. Yes, they know the doldrums. Uh, Two forty or so. David Cobb from CBS Sports 
will join us. Three o'clock or so, we will get into the list. We've got the NFL Players Association survey out, oh, Jeffrey. Oh, gosh. I did not realize. They've really spiced it. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, they've spiced it up this year because now they've added a few extra categories, including mm. the grading of the owner. Oh, there we go. That, okay. And that has led to some... That's led to some juicy stuff. Well, we'll dissect that. Also, some interesting potential, uh, especially now that Army and Navy are part of the AAC, some potential, uh, some interesting negotiations or maneuvering uh, being attempted behind the scenes involving the Army-Navy game that I think uh, apply, you know, is sort of related to the AAC because those two schools are yep. in the AAC now. So we'll talk about that in the list. And then uh, we will get you up to date on everything that's going on in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine to wrap things up. But let's start things off with a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey Show where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, I know there's a Grizzlies game. They're playing in Minnesota tonight, uh, trying to avoid the season sweep at the hands. What are you of, talking about? Trying to get the season Thank you. sweep. Trying, trying to get the season sweep for the Timberwolves uh, tonight. But obviously, the uh, more consequential basketball team in town right now, in terms of their season, are the Memphis Tigers. They play tomorrow night at ECU, and all the talk, Jeffrey. Obviously, at this point on the calendar. And given the situation Memphis is in, is you know like what's you know can they can they can they figure out how to get into the tournament? Whether it's winning the AAC tournament or um, there's I think the last two wins allow has allowed people to hold out hope, even though it might be a slim amount of hope, um, but hold out hope that maybe you know they can figure out a way if they win out. To be at large. So that's what this buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit is centered around, Jeffrey. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It'll all work out for Memphis basketball if it wins out and gets to the AAC championship game. So, and by it all work out, obviously, you hear your name called on Selection Sunday. So you're including in Dayton. As I, 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 at this point, if you're in the field, you have a chance to go for the national title. Yeah, it counts. As It'll all work out, ultimately. All right, I'm shorting this. Mm. I think this I think this narrative is prevailing. But when you start really looking at it, mm-hmm. Mark, even over at Bracket Matrix, they're not even listed as an other at large. And essentially what you're asking for in that scenario is if you win out, and I did this on Bart Torvik, and granted, it partly depends on how much you win by, how little you win by, but whatnot. Yes. But essentially, they would still be in the 60s winning out. Now, Even with like wins in the conference tournament? So the problem is trying to figure that part, figure out. That part out. Let's say we we'll give them at least one quad one win in that scenario. Well, the thing to me is like game. the thing you have to do here is partially kind of game it out. So obviously if Memphis wins out, they would be 12-6 and six in league play. Because right. we have to figure out what seed they're going to be. And then if you look at the teams that had them, SMU – who's lost two in a row, has UTSA at home, East Carolina at home, UAB on the road left. Chances are they're going at least two and one there. Yes. Let's say, let's say they, let's, let's in this scenario say SMU goes two and one, okay? That means you didn't pass them in the standings because they, they're two yeah, losses. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think that's the worst case. Like, I think, I, I think it's likely they go three and oh, but sure. Well, UAB's on the road, though. Okay. So that could be, you know, and UAB, who's also ahead of you, has 
two games left. One against you. One against Memphis, and then Temple on the road. Temple's them and Wichita are the worst right, two teams in, in the league. In this scenario, one and one. One and one. Don't pass them. Okay. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. Um, and I'm saying that one loss is Memphis. Charlotte basketball is also ahead of you in these standings. Um, they have South Florida at home, Rice at home, ECU on the road. That one feels like the most likely where you could they could lose two of those. South Florida at home. Yes. Rice at home, ECU on the road. Yeah. Chances uh, are, I think yeah. the odds would tell you they're two and one. But again, out of the ones I've just read to you, that feels the most likely to me to have two losses. And you would have the tiebreaker over them. Yeah. Gaming out is two and one, though. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, then you're not passing them either. Um, and that means. This is where the math gets tough. And then Florida Atlantic plays. North Texas. You need North, you need North Texas to beat Florida, FAU, and then you have to beat FAU. Fort Atlantic has road. Tulane at home this weekend, North Texas on the road, and then the Memphis game. And so um, maybe they could go one and two because you have North well, Texas. I mean, what you're really hoping for, I think, in general is North Texas, North Texas to beat FAU, and then you beat FAU while going while to finish the regular season three and zero, and then that would give you the head to head tiebreaker. But in this scenario, like my my gut tells me, the odds are, even though they can be the four seed and get a bye, I think the odds are Memphis is going to end up as the five. Even if they win out, they'll end up yeah, as like the I, five seed. I, I've I've been on this for a while, man. That I and think if, the math's bad. And if you're the five seed, chances are you're probably playing Charlotte, SMU, or um. Well, Charlotte, five seed, SMU, or five UAB. Seed, five seed, you have to play what? Temple? Either Temple or Wichita State to start? Five seed, yeah. You're pl- probably playing Wichita State because they lost to Temple this okay. past week. So you're probably playing Wichita in the first in the opening game for the right to play. Again, more than likely, to me, SMU, UAB, or Charlotte. Okay. And, and, and out of those, you frankly would want to play SMU. One, they've lost two in a row, but two, their metrics are better. Well, that's the question. Do you want that or do you just want the wins? Because here's – this is what – I've been on this soapbox for a while. And then and I'm going to continue to be on this. I think people put way too much stock into a good conference tournament, but you don't win. Yes. So you, I, I just don't uh-huh. – I think the committee has shown the past decade that basically what the conference tournament is there for – it's there so that if you have a season like Memphis did where you stub your toe, mm-hmm. it's a mulligan. Yeah. But you got to win it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they, so that's why ultimately you're shorting this because ultimately you think the die is going to really be cast once you end that regular season. Yes, because in the biggest problem that I see is I think that it's possible Memphis passes some of these teams that are ahead of them, quote unquote, on the bubble right now. But I don't know if you pass all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because ultimately, you're you're gonna in this scenario. Because again, how this works out, even if let's say, and I think you're right. Ultimately, it's been proven over time that like the conference tournament doesn't matter nearly as much as some people think it does. Correct. Well, in fairness, once upon a time it did, mm-hmm. and then people started doing the math of, man, you get some weird results in these things. Like we're not gonna mm-hmm. put too much stock into it. You played what do you use it? You play thirty. 
37 games, 38 games? It was 31, and Sorry, then well, plus play, three or four in well, the no, conference Well, no, but what everyone's tournament. decided is we you play those 31 games, that's your mm-hmm. season. Yeah. And then this is like your extra. Now, let's just say for the sake of argument that it's not that case. I think, you're, like I said, I think you're right. But let's say they do put Sog. Even in this scenario, chances are then you're looking at a semifinal game against USF, which also doesn't really help you from a metric standpoint. Yeah, it does at least give you the argument of you beat the you beat the best team in the well we, we got play. We, we got get back we got to get back game we we blew a 20 point lead and lost at home but we showed that we were really kind of like the Tulane game last yeah. year honestly where you got yeah. swept by Tulane but then you beat them so bad in the conference tournament it was like okay like you know um so I'm gonna buy this for the simple fact that I want to stick to my guns, and I said when we were with seven games out, I said, in my heart of hearts, and it, again, there's nothing scientific to this, but just gut feeling of if they went five and two the last seven and lost in the championship game, we'll be sweating bullets on Selection Sunday. But ultimately, I think the quality of their resume, not necessarily the metrics, will get them, will be respected. Because I think that's what you're ultimately counting on if you're yeah, a Memphis okay, here's, fan. Okay, here's the problem. I don't remember. I think it was, uh, what's Billy Packer's son's name? The, the, Mark the, Packard. Mark Packard. He was saying on I don't know, one of those clips that I saw, you know, mm-hmm. on Twitter or whatever that goes viral. He had either interviewed or he'd spoken to a committee member. And basically he's like, listen, the two numbers that we look at the most Mm-hmm. On you know you've always mentioned that sheet that they get they have four numbers there right but he's like the two numbers that we look at the most are net and Ken Palm and Memphis is not going to be good in either. Here's where you have you've tripped me up a little mm-hmm. this Dayton idea because mm-hmm. that kind of if you think about when they the committee the bill gets of a little the random team yeah uh, the, the when the committee gets a little uh, a little quirky or a little. Like, they're willing to throw in one team like that in Dayton. Yeah. That's the one thing where you've tripped me up. But I also then had this other thought. What if that team's Gonzaga? Mm. Let's look at what is Gonzaga's. Gonzaga's, what do you want, their metrics? Like, what's their – to me, where Memphis looks good compared to other uh, bubble teams is their quad one, quad two record. You know? Correct. And so Gonzaga's is bad right now. Gonz- one in five in quad one and two and one in quad two. So you'd now, be- but they have zero bad losses. Yes, they have zero bad losses. And again, remember my scenario of if Tulane and USF do some good work here late. I just don't. You got to take Tulane out of that. That yeah. looks like a team that is. They might have quit. quit. Yeah, no, that's true. They, I mean, they they will be remembered as the most disappointing team of this AAC season. No, Seth Davis already said it's Memphis. <laughs> um. But yeah, so that would have Gonzaga right now is three and six in quad one, quad right. two, and Memphis right now is six and five. And in this scenario, they'd get another quad one win over Florida Atlantic to close the year, so they'd be seven and five. Yeah, I'm just going off though. Like Gonzaga metrically is going to no, be- and we've seen you do get punished for the, the like like you might they don't ne- they won't necessarily punish you harshly in terms of getting into the field if like. You're you're not in a power five, and yeah. you have less some number of chances in quad one, quad two. But they will Seeking punish wise. you. They will punish you if you have bad losses. Yes, that you know, and that's Memphis has 
a really bad loss that they're not going to be able to get off their ledger with that quad four loss to Rice. Um, and maybe, maybe you can get maybe one of the two, South Florida or Tulane, off that quad three platform. Hope, you know, if things really break white, break right, you can get two. Um, but I don't know. My, my feeling is Memphis's resume is so unique that they won't, they'll be penalized for their bad metrics. But like, I think when you look at the body of work, I'm hopeful the body of work will trump the metrics just in terms of getting into the field barely, if you will. Because I think their body of work is still going to look better than a lot of these bubble teams. Yeah, and my whole thing is when everyone talks about, well, getting to the championship game, my argument at that one is like, it's it's if you no get there, dumb, you but just, it's like you just gotta win it. You got like yeah. it's it's oh listen, sell out. Like I don't care. It's like even you, when I predicted the five and two, I said I was like you're gonna go into see, like and this is the other sweat thing. and bullets. When we kept doing that, because like yeah. when there were seven games out, you're like five and two because that sounded pretty good. Because mm-hmm. you're sitting there going at that point, that means they probably got either a they win. lost it on the road to Florida Atlantic. But they either got it means that likely they either got to win at FAU, they got to win at SMU or they got to win at North Texas. Mm-hmm. All of which would have at the time been quad one wins. Yeah. And so you were talking yourself into that. And right now you don't have any of that. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so but it was also why the whole time was like, man, I don't know. Like I do think 6 and 1 was kind of where I was looking yeah. at. No, no, that 6 and 1 was really the only way where you were going to have any sort of security. And even then, you probably, you know, you don't want to fall flat on your face at the conference tournament. Man, it just really hammers. And I think we realized You just the take time, the damn Rice game off, even. I the Rice and the I, USF. I, I think it's those two. Yeah. It's and not I, even the UAB and the, what was the other one in the Tulane. middle? Tulane. No. It's not even those. It's not those it's, games. It's the, it's the USF, because of the circumstances, blowing a 20-point lead at home. And then it's the Rice game because it's just an albatross of a loss on Correct. your resume. Um, it's, it's just, it comes down to two games. Yes. Um, the whole thing, the whole shebang. So going to be interesting. Got to win tomorrow against ECU, obviously, who's only a one loss behind Memphis in the standings. So if you lose this game to ECU, there is a scenario in play where you're like, you know, you're playing Florida Atlantic or, um, or USF in the quarterfinals of the conference tournament. Well, I mean, if you lose this game, well, you're, you're definitely you have to win the turn, conference tournament. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the only but I'm way. just saying it. it well, not I mean, only do you, not only does it end whatever glimmer of hope you had for your at-large berth stuff, it makes it a lot harder, I think, to win the conference tournament because you're going to have a pretty tough quarterfinal game potentially if you fall behind ECU in the standings. See, I I might push back on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think SMU is a worse matchup than FAU is for Memphis mm. and, and, this, uh, and USF. Because it could be USF too. USF kind of if you, you fall to eight, you know what? USF, probably won't fall to eight though. It'd probably be like Florida Atlantic or it's UAB. It's not quite as extreme. UAB, but doesn't USF like style of play and roster construction? Don't they give you kind of whiffs of what Tulane used to do? It's like I feel like their guards are yeah. smaller. They obviously have the big guy. That's yeah. But like the things that give Memphis trouble are like. Undersized fast guards. No, they. I mean, honestly, they look a lot like Florida Atlantic. You're right. They got a lot of like six two to six five guys, yeah. and then the one big guy who killed them on the glass. But the there's just something every time I've watched Florida Atlantic this year, you keep waiting for them to kind of like push the gas. Well, it's, it's interesting. It depends what perspective you come at it from. It's, no, it just it it 
it confirms my point from last year that I thought all along. They just got on a heater. Yeah. Well, because so I, I saw this from a from a FAU like uh, media member. All right. Like ultimately, the reason why this is viewed as you know a somewhat like oh this team hasn't quite lived up to what people thought is because of the Final Four run. Yeah. But like if you take out like let's say that team lost to Memphis in the opening round like it almost did, this would go down as the second best season of Florida Atlantic basketball ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the season they're on right now, this would be the second I, I best would, season of okay, Fort Atlantic basketball ever. I would actually ever. argue there's one other point that I would add to that, mm-hmm. and it's probably related to the Final Four run, but it's the fact that they came in preseason top ten. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Like you're watching, but they wouldn't if they had lost. No, they they lose yeah, to Memphis. That's what I'm saying. Like I think they're kind of related. It, it's not just the like because we're not holding it at San Diego State this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the fact that but San Diego State's better than. Yeah, they're kind of similar to Florida Atlantic. Yeah, they're, I, guess. I yeah. mean, they're in the field, but not like super. San impressive. Diego State's like the one team in the Mountain West that I don't automatically bet against in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, let's turn to the NBA, Jeffrey. We mentioned the Grizzlies versus the Timberwolves. I don't think this is a problem lately for the Grizzlies, um, but the competition committee it's being reported by ESPN the competition committee of the NBA is now Jeffrey starting to look into um changing some of the rules up because there's too much offense in the NBA it's too offense friendly in the NBA again don't think this is really a problem for the grizzlies lately no um but here's my buy sell shorter go to reddit there's too much offense in the NBA it's too easy for them we need to make changes all right, I'm going to go to Reddit on this, and oh, hit, but I'm going to explain my cop out because I hate going. I hate going to Reddit on this. Man, this I, is the first time in years I've gone to Reddit. I want to see the playoffs. Uh, I okay. do think so far in the regular season, I think they have made it. It was already extremely difficult to play defense. Mm-hmm. They've made it much harder to play defense. And when I'm watching, it feels like you watch guys on defense give up on plays because they're so scared of like mm-hmm. getting into foul trouble. And I've always like, you know, when you get guys, I think when you have, when you put in rule changes, there's always going to be the hardens of the world that they're going to figure out a way like to exploit the rule and to take advantage. So in the regular season, I, I have not enjoyed it because I feel like, I don't feel like it was easy to play defense to begin with. And this de- mm-hmm. the changes that I saw, like, I just didn't feel like they were all that necessary. Like They felt like, let's do something for the sake of doing something. Because when everyone goes, well, offense sells, offense sells, it's not like the NBA. We're not back in the 90s where we're watching games well, the go. Well, real, the real problem was like that. Too, that it, see, people point to the 90s, but the ratings were good in the 90s it's because the you Detroit, had Jordan. It's the Detroit years. Yes, it's the Detroit, the, the those those years with Detroit and, frankly, the early year, those San Antonio teams. People didn't like them either. Yeah, but the Spurs did a pretty good job of adjusting. Like when, But you're right. It was it was the Spurs series with the Pistons. Yes. Chauncey Billups actually pointed this out the other day. There's like, no question that. It was, I think that still, like, the, the ratings, like, tanked for well, that final series. And it was because all the games were, like, in the 80s and 90s. I mean, there's some playoff games in the East in that, during that time frame where the finals in the 70s. Like, yeah. So it's not that. Like, it's not as if we've been watching the NBA the last decade and ever thought to ourselves, man, they got to pick it up on offense. Like, this is just, this is not enough scoring. So I never really bought the argument to begin with. It felt like, to me, 
they were just trying to change things for the sake of changing things. And I don't feel like it has made the product more entertaining. I'm also willing to accept part of the reason why I, again, I I found it like last night, with the exception of like the Struce shot, which was unbelievable. It was a very uncompetitive night of NBA basketball last But night. I found college basketball more entertaining. And so far during the during the not during the conference schedule, I have found I found myself enjoying randomly watching college basketball more than NBA, and I have not been able to say that in years. Like last night in the NBA, you had that Cleveland Dallas game yep. decided on a buzzer beater, but OKC Orlando beat Brooklyn by twenty seven. Well, it's because they they got all their makes out of the way. Let's see here. Every other game. Like the I guess, Thunder game was not a good game. That was on. That was the late night. Spurs Houston. Minnesota was decided by nine. Detroit Chicago was decided by ten, and Miami Portland was decided by ten. That's it. That, those are the closest games on the schedule, other than that buzzer beater right. by Strews. I'm also and willing, it was a pretty heavy night of basketball. I'm also willing to hear an argument that it's not necessarily the rules changes, man. It's really what it is. It's Three guys, are, guys. No, guys are trying to get to the sixty five games. And so because they're trying to get to the 65 games, they're oh see, I look at it more coasting more during regular games. They're not playing as hard for as long in regular season games. You don't think it's partially because like how many more three-pointers teams take now? See, I, but that's been that's been going on for the, enough. Yeah, it's not like this year's well, an outlier. Well, I'm going to sell this. I don't think they're I, I I do think offense sells. I think like I I would hate to see it go back to what it was. Like, see, I, like, I don't see I, that's an argument I'm not willing to hear. You think I there's a middle ground? Ultimately. Well, I just don't ever think that's what it's. They're never going to go back to you can put your hands like, on some of guys the things at all on, time. Some of the things on the table would be, you know, get rid of defensive three seconds so you can like kind of camp. So you can have someone camped out in the lane. Okay, get move out the block, move the block charge semicircle further out so you know you can't like undercut people as easily, so to speak. You can't step in at the last minute anymore. See, these are not the things that I. I to me, it's the new but points. It's the new points. Those of helps. It, those help the off. That might help the offense. Anytime you, anytime you're going to widen, it's going to help the offense. Yeah, because maybe move, more, maybe change the corner three so it's not shorter than the other three pointers. I mean, the problem is the 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 rule that they've got to get rid of, but they're just never going to do it. It's the I cannot stand when I watch somebody get bailed out because he initiates contact. And he gets well, a they foul. They tried to get short, rid of it a little bit this year. That's what I'm saying. Whatever, you can't, last year it's, too. it's very. I admit that it. I acknowledge it's difficult, but it's like that is what drives me insane. Uh, to me, I think the key for the NBA, to your point, is you want to keep like part of the problem with the too much offense right now is too much of it is coming at the free throw line. Yes, which you know, like if 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 we want to see buckets, it's we the, don't want to see free. It's throws. always it's the same thing. I've always I do not enjoy watching James Harden play basketball. I don't. I never mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. I do not enjoy. The ball never moves. I don't enjoy how he it feels like he just manipulates rules. I acknowledge that that's a skill, and like that's what has made his career. I do not personally enjoy watching that style of basketball. Yeah. We'll be interested to see if they make any changes. I bet it'll be minor, ultimately. I bet they're going to announce something, and in reality, it's going to be nothing. But to me, it's still I still want to get to the playoffs and see, because I will also acknowledge the closest thing that we've seen to playoff basketball this year so far. Would you not agree? It's been the in-season tournament. Yeah, like that intensity felt like a little. It felt different. It yeah. didn't feel like the playoffs. Right, but it, but felt, it felt it felt elevated from a regular season game. 
Certainly, the, the sem- you're talking the semis and the yeah, finals, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that felt elevated. And so, and I didn't, I remember watching those games. I didn't, I felt more like it got officiated like a playoff game. But to me, like, that's just the key because there's just such a difference in the way they officiate. Well, and, I, and I think part of it got exacerbated. You had those back to, it wasn't just that Embiid and Luca had 70 or whatever, or 60 or 70. They did it like within a few days span and it made well, and everyone go. And then you had go, Towns with the 62 and the loss. It was all in that same week. Yeah. Yeah. But no, so. that, that has nothing to do with my argument. Mine is just, it's mainly game flow. Yeah. We'll see. All right, last one related to the NFL scouting combine. Uh, Caleb Williams today, Jeffrey, uh, or at least I don't know if he spoke to Pete Thamel today, but he, Pete Thamel produced the story today where he basically said, you know, there had been a, a little scuttlebutt of he didn't want to go to the Bears or necessarily, but he said if he's drafted by the Bears, great. If they trade the pick and he's drafted by someone else, great. Like he doesn't care what team he's going to. Um, this feels like uh, some PR team got his hands on him. And – Obviously, we had the the Ryan Poles quote yesterday where it felt like he didn't say they're trading Justin Fields, but why would you talk this up front about potentially trading Justin Fields if you weren't trying to? If I were trading him, here's exactly how I would do it, like a step-by-step process. So here's my question, Jeffrey, or my buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Trading up for Caleb Williams will be worth it. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Well, the question is how... Where are you trading up from? Like, it's going to be easier, in my opinion, for Washington to trade up than it is for, say, like... I still think you're going to have to give up the Raiders. I still think you're going to have to give up a first-round pick next year and some other stuff. I'm going to buy it, and here's why I'm going to buy it. Interesting. You're high on Caleb? I'm high on 13 that plays football. When when the ball is snapped, I'm high. You like that guy. You like between the lines, Caleb It's my LeBron James argument. Okay. 23... Watching 23 play basketball is one of my favorite experiences. As soon as the whistle stops and the game stops, mm-hmm. that's one of the most insufferable people on the planet. <laughs> but in terms of watching him play basketball, it's like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. It's kind of the same thing with Caleb Williams for me. It's like when the ball snapped, he, I think he's pretty special. He has things that would concern me about kind of like, I don't really think the drift back and throw it off your back foot into quadruple coverage. I'm not like the world's biggest defender of that's going to work in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But in terms of everything that makes modern quarterbacks successful in the NFL, he has it all. He has escapability. He's very, very good in the pocket. He's really accurate. He's got a great arm. He's got all the things that you'd need. If you don't have a quarterback right now, and especially if your team like the, the teams that we're talking about, it seems to me there's two paths right now. You can either do what the Niners do, which is surround, like, just get a bunch of aliens on that team and then have a functional quarterback. Mm -hmm. But I think it's actually much harder to find all those pieces that they found. Like, Mm -hmm. I I give them credit. They might have a schema, they might actually have like a scouting advantage. Mm -hmm. But the easiest way to do it is just get the awesome quarterback. And if you don't have an awesome quarterback, at least, like, if you're going to trade up for him, it's your best shot of improving, and yeah, you're going to bite the bullet, but does anyone, if you're at the Texans right now, does anyone regret taking Stroud and having to give up capital when they went to move up to get Anderson and whatnot? Like, does anyone care? No, they got their quarterback. And they got a you know a really good linebacker, too. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. It depends what team it is. I think I'm... 
I think I'm going to sell it. But it's with a caveat. Of course. If you can get Jaden Daniels, it wouldn't be worth it. If you if you have the ability to go draft Jaden, I'm I, I like Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I I said this on Jeff's show, and I'll say it again because I this this is something that I don't quite understand. I don't understand the people out there that like Drake May but don't like Jaden Daniels. I don't mm. understand how you can put in tape of both and go. I like this guy, but I don't like that guy. Like, like I would say, if like the alternative is, we'll wait till if you don't get Caleb Williams, we're gonna end up waiting till the second round to get like Penix or whatever, or McCarthy, or what are you talking about? He's going one one. <laughs> well, so one of those uh, one of those I'm, guys I'm, is going first round, Penix or McCarthy. Some, someone's already, gonna be a surprise first accepted. round. I don't even think it's gonna be a surprise. I, I, I think McCarthy is going first. Well, round. He's, he's the one who's throwing this week. Yeah, um, he's the, throwing this. He's he's the one. Of, he's the one. I don't know if Penix is. Has Penix? I bet he will. I don't Sounds know. like who, Daniels May who threw last year. Stroud threw. Is, have we heard of? Is Drake May throwing? He's. I not. don't think. I don't think is Jaden Daniels throwing. I didn't think Daniels was. I didn't okay. think any of the top three were. Okay, um, but it was interesting. Like my my coach. Dan Quinn of the Commanders, he was asked about to describe the the top quarterback prospects in this, and he described Drake May as athletic. That's the, he used one word, athletic. He said about Caleb Williams, D.C., as in because he's from D.C., and then he said about Jaden Daniels, game changer, and it's got everyone a buzz in D.C. that, like, Dan Quinn wants Jaden Daniels. My biggest questions with Daniels are, yes, Jaden Daniels will not throw along with Caleb Williams and Drake May this week. My biggest question with Daniels is how much of his leap this year was him improving versus they just had a better receiving core this year. And I know mm. some of the guys were there last year, but it's like those guys were awesome this year. Like they had they had the best receivers. And like my one hesitation with Drake May, it's like when I was just not that impressed this year, you know, he didn't really have a ton around him. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk some college hoops. Let's get Cobb's thoughts on everything going on in the world of college basketball. We'll do that next right here. Gene Otto and Jeffrey, 19 This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic, the step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, 
even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Um, ESPN. Management practices. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Program is brought to you by Memphis's number one spot for indoor golf. It's Birdies. Located at 493 South Main Street in the historic South Main Street district of downtown. Birdies has three golf simulators, a virtual putting course, as well as a full-service bar and a great menu. Wedding season is fast approaching, and Birdies makes a great spot for wedding activities. Maybe you want to keep the bachelor party in town? It's a great spot for you and your buddies to go hang out. Maybe you're looking for something to do during a wedding weekend, after the rehearsal dinner, maybe after the reception. Birdies would make a great spot to hang out with a group there as well. Check out their membership options. Right now for $100, you can get 10 hours on the simulator for a given month. That's a fantastic opportunity. I'd recommend taking advantage of that. Also, if you're into EPL soccer, Birdies has a very festive atmosphere on Saturday mornings when the footy is on. Golf at Birdies.com to reserve a hitting bay. More information as well, all at Golf at Birdies.com. Follow them on Instagram at Birdies901. David Cobb is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in... No, he's not. That's Mark's thing. I'm yeah. out of it. He used to. Uh, yeah, he used, he, used to be to. The, he used to be the... He used to be the Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Cobb, you can see where my head's at. I, I'm flustered right now because I'm just now coming... I'm just so overwhelmed with relief that Kyle Filipowski is going to be okay and he's going to play tonight. And it just made me realize this entire week of insufferable conversation was legitimately inspired by the fact that Kyle Filipowski said he was hurt when he really wasn't. Uh, wow, yeah. So we've got a dribble handoff coming yep. out on this. By the way, I appreciate the um, the promotion. I, I, you know, uh, being the lead sports columnist for the commercial appeal, uh, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, um, anyway. I, I just got into the – I got Mark asked me this morning, he's like, are you ever going to change it up? It's like, no, I just recite it now. And and really what I was looking at is the sheet where I have my birdies ad. I have, I have like the – it's Mark's name's right there. And so I mm. saw Mark right after it, and I just went right into it. So, yeah. Sad <laughs> a habit. Yeah, that's that's like I know what is I'm like uh, Ron Burgundy. I just read off the teleprompter. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you put, like I'm just gonna read it. Well, uh, yeah, but the the Filipowski thing, man, it is. It was um, peak Duke. Peak, peak Duke. Duke. Peak Duke. Exactly right. My my take on all this is that we are overreacting. No way. I don't know if y'all have seen like all these um, Photoshop tweets. You know, uh, Seth Greenberg had all these recommendations about how to deter court storming, and now people are saying. Yeah, we immediately decapitate the chancellor of the offending university, yes. and uh, you know, let's uh, let's find the students a uh, hundred thousand dollars a piece uh, if they get on the court and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, we're making way too big of a deal of it. And the only reason we are is because it involved Duke and Kyle Filipowski, and because a few months ago it involved Caitlin Clark, uh, Iowa. And, and also, uh, it, I'm a Caitlin Clark guy, but I can also look in the mirror and go, she flopped. She did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why it's so hard to admit that. I know. And I, I feel that Kyle Filipowski certainly embellished. No that way. I know. Well, so. no, the best part was they couldn't even keep the lie straight on Saturday. 
First they're saying it's the knee, then it's the ankle. It's like, what is it? Yeah, it's ridiculous, uh, the whole thing. I mean, White Forest could have done a better job of uh, managing that situation. The kids jumped the gun. What got left out of the whole discussion, the reason why it was a problem, in my opinion, they ran onto the floor when the clock was still running. Yeah, there were yeah there was point one. When well, the it was like point seven when the first guys hit the floor. Right. Yeah. So I mean, we got to do a little bit a little bit better job on the contain there. But uh, I, there's a way to to still storm the court in college basketball and have people not get hurt. So I think we need to look at like what Iowa State did a few weeks ago when their students rushed the court after they beat Kansas, and it was like very orderly. They had them all funneled in the same direction. Let's go get their plan and implement that because the last thing we need to do is make college sports more like professional sports. Bingo. And the, <laughs> the only thing you're going to do, uh, the only way to deter this permanently is to move the students uh, to the upper deck or kick them out entirely, right? And let's not give athletic directors that idea because they could sell the, the student section um, for $3,000 a pop to the alumni and make a lot more money doing that. So, uh, what, you know, we're, we're only one one bad idea away from that happening. So I just – anything that makes college sports more like professional sports is, is dumb and, and shouldn't be done. And all these ideas that we're seeing, that's exactly what they do. Yeah, there's a couple of things on it. Number one, it is amazing how dumb we get with our ideas. You know the number one way to ensure that kids will keep doing something is tell them not to do it. Like, you, like, I think back to when Ole Miss would play the from Dixie with Love, and they there would be the chant, the South will rise again, which was no lyric in the song, and they would, like, everyone's like, if you don't knock it off, like, we're going to take it away, and then they finally sent out, like, an ultimatum. It's like, this is the last game if you don't, if you stop saying it. It was, like, thunderous. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, telling college kids not to do something just piques their interest. Like, that just, that speaks to 18 to 22-year-olds. So that's a dumb idea to begin with. And then secondly, you know whose opinions I don't really care about on this? I don't really care what Duke thinks. I don't care what Kansas thinks. I don't care what Alabama football thinks. And that when everyone's doing the Greg Byrne thing and take away a conference home game, it's like, okay, buddy, you vote for that. Like, you put your name on that. Like, and it's just, but it's like, you know, the schools that get the field and the court rushed on them, guess what? They don't like it. Big shocker. Like, why are we catering to them? Yeah, you see Matt Painter in Purdue. He's been outspoken against it, too. Why? Because they get the court rushed on him. Every time Purdue has lost this season, the court has been stormed. Uh, exactly right. So, yeah, it's it's no coincidence that those are the people we see speaking out against it. But what makes the court storming special is all the Wake Forest and all the Ole Misses and all the schools out there who aren't the big guys and then they take down the big guy and they get that moment. And that moment is worth so much more than whatever financial penalty you, you put on it. And so, I mean, sure, let's, let's, let's make and, it. And I just feel like they're making it seem like it's impossible to control. And it's like, we've kind of been doing a decent job at controlling it for, what, 40, 50 years? Guys, however long they've been court storming? here's the reality. We still have gotten through it. Yeah. No one got hurt. Yeah, I know. Like, this is the reality. Duke, it's, Duke is a bunch of sore losers. That's the way they've yeah. always been. Yeah, exactly. Right. I have exactly. enjoyed our friend of the program, Seth Greenberg. Have you seen this meme? Well, that's, that's what been that's happening? what that's what Cobb was talking about. Yeah. Like it's like shoot the first kid. Yeah, all stormers will be required to attend one Atlantic Ten basketball game. <laughs> double rims, oh, double rims oh, to be installed oh, oh. for the next two home games. Guys, I watched the worst basketball game I've ever seen last night. What was that? So my buddy's been one of my gambling buddies. 
he's been hot on George Mason. And so we had Mason last night. Mason was playing Fordham. With two minutes to go in the first half, the score, was, basketball, the score huh? was 14 to 12. <laughs> nice. Four, it was it's like a fifth minute, grade game. Correct. <laughs> it, it, by the way, it, I looked up at one point. I was like, I don't even think there was that much scoring. Like, I think they just added, they just arbitrarily added some points. All students <laughs> arrested and sent to the gulag. Yeah. If you court storm or if you participate in a game that ugly. Well, my whole deal on the arrest everyone. Okay, we all agree we don't want real law enforcement involved in this. Agreed? Like, feels like in... Nas- Nas- feels like we need them doing right, stu- other feels stuff. Feels like nationally across the board, we could they could be better served. So then what, have the UPD? What does it, like, what, what are they going to do? What do you like, give them? You'd, you'd give them, you'd corral them like cows what, almost, and you give them all citations. Like, That's okay. what you do. But it's stupid. Okay. It's like, stupid. Like, but really, like, it's all just stems. I mean, everyone's like, well, we've had one incident. We didn't even really have an incident. Well, no, it's like we that didn't. and the Caitlin Clark thing. That's what people point to. And again, that wasn't an incident either. Like, yeah, I love Caitlin, but Caitlin's not the world's greatest loser. Actually, you know what What might actually be one of the worst ones was the Tulane fan who appeared to hit David Mark, Jones. Yeah. Mark, Mark brought that one up to me. He's like, do you remember that? I was like, buddy, I'd turn the game off at that point. Yeah. Like, I, the last, <laughs> Where's the, the close game down the stretch? Uh, the last two minutes, I was like, yeah. I, 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 no, but it got overshadowed because it was the same day as the Caitlin. You know what's thing. way more dangerous? Throwing liquor bottles onto the floor when the game's going on. Where's all the discourse about Texas Tech last night? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no kidding. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm over it. I think it's silly that we're trying to take the passion out of college sports. Um, you just got to be ready for it. Like it, it, Kyle yeah. Filipowski was just aimlessly wandering about around midcourt. Like, dude, like you, you, you no, kinda gotta... I told Mark, you know what he was doing? He was sulking because he turned it over and lost the game, the possession before. Right. And then he, he kind of decided yes. to diminish. Well, first he tried to there. first he tried to go full Grayson Allen and trip the first kid coming, and then he kind of like whiffed on the trip, or he didn't he didn't really execute it, and then he ends up getting bumped from behind. Okay, but hey, it makes Duke a villain again. So maybe in the long run, it's it's great for college basketball because for these next this next month. Kyle Filipowski is going to be widely recognized and uh, widely heckled uh, throughout the sport. Well, I, I told Mark, there's no question I have a Coach K hole, a black like a black hole in the shape of my heart, and I'm missing him. John Shire on Saturday, that might have been, because I found myself not being able to really hate him, but when he, when he lectured us just like Coach K would for a good solid 10 minutes to totally distract from the fact that they should have won that game, like, I was like, maybe, maybe. <sighs> maybe he is maybe, the one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, because part of Coach K at the end, it's like part of him at the end was when he started getting, like, ornery, and that, that made it even better when he would just lecture us. And it's because, and if you you throw in the handshake with Forbes when he has that reaction and then trying to lift his guy off the floor, everything, I was like, maybe. I might, I might be able to get back in. And then the, my, my favorite part, there was this walk-on who was walking off the floor right behind Filipowski. He looked like he was about to cry. Yeah, he, no, you're right. That was, was, yep, that's a good point. He was yelling into the uh, profanities, into the, the, the Wake Forest students, and like he, he looked like he was on the brink of tears. And uh, It's like, did ooh. nobody ask the follow-up, is perhaps this reaction not what happened to Filipowski? Perhaps is this reaction because, what, they've lost once to Wake Forest in like the last 30-something years? I know, right? And then, and then actually, it's funny. Wake Forest turned around and lost uh, to Notre Dame, uh, which is funny. And then, and then last night, I don't know if y'all noticed this in the Mississippi State Kentucky game. 
the the broadcast said there was a, an announcement over the PA yep. with like a, like about two minutes left saying you know don't rush the floor yada 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 and like no way does that announcement get made if that you know this well not just that hadn't happened. I was watching the end of that game. Mississippi State, Mississippi State would have rushed the floor if they oh, won that I, game. Especially yeah. <laughs> if well, they won that game. The other thing is that I'd like to see uh, brought up, but I've not seen any of the cognoscenti that all s- coincidentally seem to have degrees from Duke. I don't know. I, that, again, may be unrelated. Could be coincidental. The ACC is like the one power league that doesn't have a that doesn't actually have rules in place. You know why? Right. Because like the ACC knows like basketballs where our bread's buttered. Like, hey man. Like, that's the other thing about this. I don't exactly think it's getting easier to get people into games anymore now that we can watch them all. Like, part of part of this is, like, get people in the building. Like, this it feels like it's just so counterintuitive to your business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those court stormings are, are worth a fortune in marketing. Uh, yes. And, like, you saw when Tennessee rushed the field after beating Alabama in football a couple years ago, the university president there at Tennessee was like, oh, we'll pay this fine every time, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've never said, heard an athletic director. Well, now, they, they may do it like when they're talking out of both sides of their mouth, but when you go up to them the day that there's a field storming, they all give the same answer. We'll happily pay this well, fine. And it's not just that. If, if it's so bad... They show, like ESPN, show, it's the part of the highlight package when you show the game. If there's a court storming or a field storming, you show the, the you know, the aerial view of everyone out on the on the half, court or the field. Half the time. It's a on, cool visual. Half the time on ESPN, it's one highlight and then 60 seconds of the court storm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it, it, is, it is hypocritical because you're right. The ACC is the only one that doesn't find. The, the Big Ten doesn't find until a third offense. So it's actually the SEC that is like far and away the most uh, preventative when it comes to this stuff. And it still hasn't deterred it because we saw LSU storm after they beat Kentucky. We saw South Carolina storm after they beat Kentucky. We saw uh, Arkansas storm in November after they beat Duke. So, uh, and that's with a $100,000 fine. And, uh, I mean, so I, I just I just think the whole thing is silly. But I will say this. Like, I feel like we need to raise our standard for what constitutes a court storming. Because, like, you'll see teams and students rush the floor after a game they were favored to win sometimes. Well, I mean, Wake like, was favored. Right. And sometimes you see it, like, after a win against an unranked team or, or whatever. And it's Man. like, okay. Maybe there should be a sign at the beginning of the game. This, it's, you know, like quad one, quad two. We can have like a court. This is a court storm game or a not court storm game. Yeah, here's exactly. the, here's the problem though. Sometimes you run into the examples of like when you've got a an team, emotional one. Yeah, like an the, emotional an exorcism. Court storm. Like we've lost to this team for twenty five straight years, and but you, I feel like that has to that factors in. Maybe we need a committee, just like the NCAA tournament selection committee, you know, uh, to factor I'm it fine. all in. No, I'm fine. A court storm committee. This is a court storm game. This is not a court storm. Game. I don't want. More. And then everyone. Can prepare properly ahead of time. I don't want more committees. <laughs> I want. I want. I. I will volunteer. No, we can put Jay Billis and no, Seth Davis no, on it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I will volunteer. I will be. I'll be commodus. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Okay. You know what I mean? Like there before the game, it's either thumbs up, thumbs down, mm-hmm. and then it's simple. Like that. You got to abide by that. And then if you don't abide by that, then we can start discussing the firing squads and arresting everyone. All these other <laughs> ideas. It is funny that amid all the other crises in college sports right now, just with like everything, yeah. that court storming. Yeah, it's like we can't going, figure guys, out how to pay guys, these guys. Duke lost to Wake. That's really <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. happened. Like that's this is what is driving me insane. It's like Duke lost to Wake, and we've got to have a national discourse about it. 
Um, by the way, you, you mentioned Kentucky. Uh, I'm going to lose so much money on them the rest of the year. I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch press conference. I assume Cal has moved from these kids to my guys because <laughs> I, I'm, liking, I'm liking his guys right now. Well, it, it's uh, hot and cold, man, because they, they can go out and lose at LSU and then turn around and score 117. The, LSU's a flu- the LSU one's a fluke. Like, what are the odds that ball winds? They got the initial stop, and the, what are the odds that ball doesn't go out of bounds and then lands perfectly in that guy's hands with just enough time for him to land? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 